Is PowerShell really as important as they say? Should I also be learning to program as part of my sysadmin training? I'm Mike Walton, and this is the Sysadmin School Podcast. So this is a topic that I spend a lot of time thinking about, and I've done that over my career. And really, the question is, is PowerShell as important as everyone says it is? And I have to say a resounding yes. Yes, it is as important, if not more important than what most people say. It's critical and very important when you want to talk about managing Microsoft environments. It's something that every systems administrator should know, should understand at the very least. Um, it's just to add on to that, it's important. It's super important for automation. So one of the nice things is anything that you can write within PowerShell, you can then extrapolate into a script and then have that script run at a certain time period with either a scheduled task or with you know, some other type of action. So PowerShell is super important to automation. And we know that a lot of times as systems administrators, we have to do more with less in many circumstances. So PowerShell is one of those tools that as a systems administrator, you really have to have a good grasp on so that you can make the best use of your time. Now, if you haven't started learning PowerShell, I highly, highly recommend that you start. And it can be as simple as just opening up PowerShell on your Windows 10 computer and start playing around. There's tons of videos out on YouTube, and I'm actually working on a course that I'll let everyone know about in the future on PowerShell. So stay tuned for that as that's coming out. Now, PowerShell, as I mentioned, is really important for automation. Um, and it can be used to automate many tasks that are not Windows tasks or Windows environment tasks. And I'll give a great example for this is I actually had a client who was having some issues with DDoS attacks. Basically, their site would be DDoSed, and by the time someone could actually get alerted that their site was being DDoSed, they'd get logged in, find out the IP address, and then block that IP address they're being DDoS for maybe 30 minutes or so. Using PowerShell, I was actually able to write an automation that monitored website statistics, and then if it noticed certain statistics that didn't match normal user traffic, or even appeared that the site was being DDoS based on those statistics, it would then automatically go in and start blocking IP addresses of what it assumed to be offending people. So in most cases, the DDoS attacks were actually being blocked before anyone was actually getting logged into alert. And this was saving time. This was saving tons of time. I mean, before, you know, you'd, we'd, the client would get DDoSed and it would take, like I said, it could take 30 minutes before someone actually logged in to be able to block it. Where with this automation, as soon as they were getting DDoSed, the script would run and it would block the offending IP addresses. And most of the time, the DDoS attack would be over by the time someone actually logged in to take a look at it. And this was great because it saved time, it saved resources, and we all know time is money when it comes to websites and especially online presence and websites. So that's one of my stories about how great PowerShell can be with automation. And it's not just, again, for managing Windows environments or um, 
Windows applications. You can monitor database information with PowerShell. You can monitor load balancers. You can monitor and manage many different types of applications with PowerShell. So I, I'm probably overstating this, but I don't want to understate the importance of PowerShell as a systems administrator and understanding it as a systems administrator. PowerShell is super important and really you're only limited by your imagination in what you want to do. Uh, one of the greatest things I think that PowerShell has added is the ability to use RESTful APIs. And now I'll kind of mention this, this is more of a programming type term, but a RESTful API is the uh, basically a web-based uh, application interface that can be used through just simple HTTPS. And then back to my, my previous example, there are load balancers and other applications that are not Windows-based that can be managed using these RESTful APIs. And PowerShell, out of the box, has built-in ways of being able to utilize those RESTful APIs. It can make calls to those APIs. It can interact with those APIs and do a lot of things. So once again, not just for managing Windows environments. You can even get PowerShell now installed um, natively when you spin up a brand new Ubuntu machine. Um, you go to Microsoft's GitHub page, you can download the latest version of PowerShell for any operating system, Mac, Linux, or Windows. So PowerShell is no longer just for Windows environments, and it's super important, and you can do so, so much with it. So now that I've gone off on that, I want to also talk about other ways that it's important. It is it is a staple now in pretty much any Microsoft certifications that you may want to get, um, more specifically Azure certifications. So if you're looking to further your career with Microsoft certifications, there's a whole nother discussion on how, on whether that is important in terms of your career. Um, I'll have another podcast on that at, at another point. But it's very important. If you want to go for Microsoft certifications, you're going to need to learn and understand some basic concepts of PowerShell. You're going to need to understand the commandlets. You're going to need to understand the difference between set and get commandlets. You're going to need to understand parameters. You're going to need to understand scripts, functions, all those kind of things, piping in order to um, work and get these Microsoft certifications. Azure has even questions that refer to PowerShell commandlets and just straight command line commands. So Azure is a very good example of a place where if you do want to continue to progress in that, understanding PowerShell just makes things a whole lot easier. And it really brings brings more of that automation piece to, to, to what I've been saying, in that PowerShell, especially in Azure, makes it the, gives you the ability to automate so, so much, even more so than what you would do in a, say, on-prem environment. And I mention that because Microsoft's Azure has ARM templates, and this is going into Azure more, but it has this thing called ARM templates, where it's templates of different resources that you want to provision in Azure. And with an ARM template and a simple PowerShell script, you can literally stand up an entire environment in a matter of, you know, 
10, 15, 30 minutes, depending on the amount of resources you're trying to spin up. So again, probably overstating this, but it's just super important. It's super important for any systems administrator to understand and know the power of PowerShell, as I'm going to get kind of cliche in there. Now, I, I mentioned it before, and I'm going through some talking points that I wanted to make sure I hit with with this uh, podcast and PowerShell. I've actually gone through them. I've gone through them super quick, um, but I want. I, I hope I'm still conveying the point that I I really want to get across, and that you really, if you really want to take your your systems administrator career seriously, you you need to learn PowerShell. Like one way or the other, there's plenty of free courses out there. Like I said, I'm going to be offering a course here in the very near future on PowerShell that I'll be offering up, and it's just it's just paramount. I think if you really want to have a good a good job and a good career and a good way to advance, you're going to need to understand PowerShell. Now, one of the key things that I think is super important with PowerShell, very very important with PowerShell, is one of the things they added in. Um, from the beginning, and it's the piping. Now, if you don't know, the pipe is the vertical line above the enter key on your keyboard. So it's the vertical line, not the not really the uh, the backslash. It's the vertical line, and that's called the pipe key. And it looks different on different systems. Like I said, typically it's just a straight vertical line. Sometimes it's two vertical lines right over top of each other. But either way, it's the pipe key. And that is so important in PowerShell because what the pipe command or the, what piping actually allows you to do in PowerShell is take the output of one command and use it as the input for another command. And now a quick example for this is let's say I had let's say I have an exchange environment and I have a hundred mailboxes and we've made a change in the environment or we've made a policy change or let's say we've made a change and now we want every mailbox to have a certain retention policy set to it so if i'm going to use the graphical interface i'm going to go in and i'm going to click on every one of those 500 mailboxes and i'm going to change it to that policy or i can launch a powershell i can use the commandlet get mailbox which is going to give me a list of every single mailbox in the exchange environment and then I pipe that into the commandlet set mailbox and then giving it the attribute of the retention policy that we want to assign now what that's doing is that's saying okay get mailbox it's gonna get all 500 mailboxes and it's essentially going to send each one via the pipe to the set mailbox commandlet setting the retention policy so what have I just done there? So now a, a, a change, a systems change that could literally take hours, if not a days, to go through a very, very tedious work in the graphical interface can be done in PowerShell in a matter of minutes. I mean, it takes it as quickly as it goes through. It's a matter of minutes. And you can take that and actually extrapolate that to many, many other things. And one of the nice things is you can even pipe multiple stuff. So let's say, let's say I want to do a get mailbox, but say I only want to apply this attention or policy to users within the uh, accounting organizational unit and active directory. Well, then I can use the get ad user 
filter that by the OU that they're in, the, the accounting OU, and then I can pipe those results into the get mailbox. So I'm getting the mailbox for all of the accounting users. And then I pipe that result into the set mailbox user. So you can see how super powerful this is. And the cool thing is, is you can work straight through it. So I can do the get AD user first, run that command, make sure it returns what I expect. Then I can pipe that into the get mailbox user, make sure that returns what I expect. Then I add the pipe to the set, set mailbox. And you can see, you can, I mean, you really can just pipe as long as you want for, for as long as you want in PowerShell. And you can take some things that could be super complex and really whittle them down into like a single command or a single line depending on what you're trying to do. Now this is something that hasn't been around in other languages. Now you, you've been able to do this to some degree in Bash. Uh, it, takes, it takes some other work to do, but you've been able to do this to some degree in, the, in Bash, so in Linux. And you've been able to do this in um, command line but you've had to do it in command line. The way you've really done it in command line is you've typically taken the output, you write the output of the command to a file, and then you read that file with the next command, and then that command takes it and parses it. So you could do it in the past with just straight command line. You still can do it, but it's typically then written as a more of a batch file, and it takes a lot longer to write that, and it's a lot more complicated, and a lot more prone for error. With this, I can I can shell out this command in about 15 seconds if I know what I want to do, run it, and I'm golden. So the pipe command within PowerShell is just super super important it, 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 it made automation so much easier it's made automation easier in PowerShell and it's just saved so much time for systems administrators to be able to do the, this kind of work especially when you're talking about work on larger scales like getting mailboxes for 500 users or a company that may even have a thousand users or you know 50,000 users it doesn't matter because you can write this one line and you can have it, it's going to process as fast as it can process. It's not going to be slowed down by the user clicking through screens for a graphical interface or a user manually running this command on every, on every mailbox that needs to be changed. So you can see where I'm getting at. And there's still places where, and I do this ton, I've done this tons of times in the past, there's still times when, you know, it may make sense to write to spit out the results to a file and then reread the file. And that's typically when I'm getting into more complicated scripts, like migrating mailboxes from one exchange environment to another or moving AD users. Sometimes that gets a little bit more complicated and you want to get a little more detail. But my point really is that the pipe in PowerShell is what I believe makes it so powerful. Like I said, the, the, the things that may have taken you hours to pull, information that may have taken you hours to pull previously, you can now pull in, in a matter of minutes without having to do a lot of tedious work. So I will leave my PowerShell piece at that. I think, as I've said, is it as important? Yes, and I don't think anyone can even state how important PowerShell is in regards to becoming a systems admin or being a systems admin or growing as a systems administrator. I think everyone needs to have a fundamental understanding of PowerShell and 
knowing and having that under that fundamental understanding is going to lead into our the next topic here. I want to I want to go over, and that's really should you learn to program as part of your systems administrator training. Now, we're going to get to that in just one minute, but whether you want to or not, now more than ever, you need to protect what you do online. You need to protect your data. You may not care that someone's watching you learn to program or even listening to this podcast. I mean, I've always said that if someone really wants to watch me all day, that's that's their business. I don't want them to, but I'm not overly concerned about it. But you certainly wouldn't want someone looking in on your banking information or other personal information or other financial information. So this is why I use Surfshark VPN. Not only does Surfshark VPN protect your online data from hackers and big tech, but it does not have any data caps, and you can use it on unlimited devices, which is really what I love about it. <laughs> I have multiple phones. I have tablets. I have multiple computers, and all of them have Surfshark VPN on them. And I will never recommend anything that I don't personally use or have used in the past. Now, I'm not going to recommend something to you that I've never used and that, you know, just looks good. I'm going to either have used something and liked it or I'm going to be currently using it, which is the what I've got with Surfshark VPN. So if you don't know what a VPN does is it protects your online data. It protects your information from being seen by other people. Now, most of this is being seen, you know, most of it's protected by HTTPS and that kind of stuff, but you never know when you say connect to a free hotspot who could potentially be listening. So Surfshark VPN helps protect that data and make sure that prying eyes aren't watching it. Now, if you go to thesysadminschool.com slash Surfshark and sign up today, they have an incredible deal going on. They have 81% off. Uh, while this promotion is still going on, I think it actually probably ends today. Um, that's only $2.49 a month for peace of mind with your data. So again, that's thesisadminschool.com slash Surfshark. And it works on every device you can imagine. Mac, iOS, PC, Linux, Android, it, iPhone, everything. It Pretty much every device I have, it works on. Okay. So should you learn to program as part of becoming a systems administrator? Well, it's going to depend. It's going to depend on the kind of career that you're looking for. Now, I've said before in previous podcasts that I think systems administrator is a great springboard for other areas of IT. Now, that certainly applies to developers as well. I think developers that I've dealt with are easier and understand a little bit more about the entire process when they understand the back-end systems, when they understand how Windows works, or they understand how networking works, or they understand how IIS works in the back-end when they're creating applications. So I think if you want to go and become a developer, I think systems administrator is a great place to still start. Now, a lot of people are not going to waste a lot of time if their goal is to become a developer spending time as a systems administrator, but I think it is worthwhile for you to understand systems administration. Now, should you learn programming as you go through all your sysadmin training? I think if you work with developers, in my personal opinion, if you work with developers or you plan on working with developers, even if you're not a developer, understanding the basics of programming 
will just make your life so much easier and make it so much easier for you to help troubleshoot and work with those developers. Now, I support a handful of developers who develop in C-sharp, and I don't know C-sharp, but I have spent enough time working in other languages that it helps me to understand all of the concepts that they work with when developing in C-sharp. And that really helps me to troubleshoot problems with them when I understand what their code's doing. Now, personally, I enjoy application development, and I do some of it in my spare time. I work with Python, PHP, JavaScript, HTML, CSS. Now, as you might understand or hear, most of those are actually scripting languages. Really, all of them are really scripting languages, but the concepts are the same. Um, I can even throw in PowerShell scripting in there because, again, the concepts are the same as any other type of compiled language like C Sharp or C++. Now, there have been times I was able to better help a developer troubleshoot a problem because I understood their code and I could read it and for the most part, understand what it was doing or what it was attempting to do. I could tell what databases it was trying to access. I could tell what this particular class or this particular method was attempting to do. And then that would lead me down the path of helping to troubleshoot a problem when there was an issue that would arise. Now, one of the other things that's really nice and also, like I said, in understanding these is I think as a systems administrator, I kind of in the previous in the beginning of this, I was harping on learning PowerShell, and many of those, many of those skills also extrapolate to other programming languages because the concepts are all still fairly similar. I do think, as a systems admin, it's beneficial—not required, beneficial—to understand Python because, short of PowerShell, Python's probably, again, in my opinion, the next most powerful scripting language a systems administrator could use. You can do a lot, and I do mean a lot, with Python. And Python follows more of the standard development environments. So if you really wanted to, if you wanted me to recommend a good progression for you, I would highly recommend learning PowerShell first, do PowerShell scripting, and then step into Python or yeah, and then step into Python next because that's going to help you get some of those additional developer concepts like classes and methods that you're not going to get with PowerShell. PowerShell doesn't really have many of those concepts. Python can be written in an object-oriented type of way, which is a much more common developer type of creating code. Now, again, these types of skills, like understanding Python, and even PowerShell have given me the ability to rewrite or automate certain homegrown applications that have been created. And one of the problems that I've found in in some places with homegrown applications is that they don't they don't get the attention that they need. You know, some developers may write a application to f do a very specific task, and then that's it. And that application doesn't get updated over the years. You know, you it may have been at one point a very old application. It could be 15 years old, and the next operating system upgrade you do is going to break it. And that's, that. in many cases, that's less likely to happen with certain scripting languages as long as you have the, the interpreters like Python installed, or better yet, PowerShell. So understanding development has allowed me to 
look at some old applications and find ways of rewriting them or completing completely creating a new process to actually decommission those old applications and this works out well because and that's less stuff that a developer has to maintain and it makes things easier to hopefully improve down the road as you do operating system upgrades and other types of upgrades and we, we call that in the in the biz we call that technical debt when you are supporting super old applications or you're supporting super old operating systems because of super old applications, that technical debt, and that's really a bad place to kind of be in. I don't, I don't feel, and I've never gotten the sense in my career or people I've discussed with that knowing a specific language is going to be required for a systems administrator. But, again, understanding these certainly gives you a leg up. I have seen and applied for jobs that in applying discovered that they actually required a developer so this some companies look for a depending on the type of role they're looking for i think this one actually was a systems engineer role is what they called it this was years ago but it was not only they were they were looking for a systems administrator slash network administrator slash developer for this position and it was a it was an interesting role. It was a very underpaid role uh, that these this company was looking for. But that's really what they were looking for. They were looking for someone who basically could do it all. So systems admin, network admin, and developer. Obviously, I didn't take the job because I'm not a developer and I was not qualified for that piece of it. But you can see where I'm going with this in that typically a systems administrator job is not going to have a requirement of being a developer, but you never know what's going to happen with some companies. Like you said, maybe a small company and they want everything. That wasn't the case in this company, but you may get that. You may get someone who just, you know, they want to hire IT and they expect IT to do it all. So again, understanding at least the concepts or having some form of programming under your belt really will give you a leg up, I think, over some other systems administrators who really have just steered completely away from programming. So so one story I wanted to kind of throw out there, too, was in the fact that I do not consider myself a developer. I, I like developing on the side. I kind of I like the idea of creating something from nothing, which is something perfect for someone developing software. As you... You start with an empty file, basically, and then you can create a web application that does this, 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 or this, or you can create an automation. So I really enjoy programming for that aspect of things, and I, again, do it in my spare time. But I had a funny story where I was in an interview one time for a communications position, and I was going over my qualifications, everything, and some of the stuff. And one of the things I like to do in interviews is go over... Um, automations, things that I've done to improve the company, improve the business, whether it helped the business make money, whether it helped business save money, whether it improved uptime, those kind of things I love bringing up in interviews because they're real-world examples of of things that I can do to help the company that I'm you know, applying for. So I was in this interview and I was giving them all this information, all these different automations that I had written for communications and to help <clears throat> with uptime, help with advanced alerting and that kind of stuff, kind of predictive 
monitoring. When you know it noticed this, it would automatically alert and let people know so we could get the issue fixed before it really became a problem. And they stopped for a minute and they looked at me and they said, okay, so I have to ask, do you consider yourself a systems administrator or a developer? And my response was, systems administrator, 100%. And then I just felt that understanding the side of development gives me a leg up because I understand what developers are doing. I understand how applications work, even from a high level in the back end. And it allows me to create these types of automations because, again, I understand how to do it. So I thought that was a really good answer. I think they saw that as a really good answer in that, yes, my core competencies are systems administrator, but I understand how to develop. I understand how to write automations. I understand how to do all of this stuff that really, really will benefit the company in the future. And it, again, with automation, it would free me up to do more things because I'm not doing these tedious tasks that I can write automations for. So, <clears throat> I think I've droned on for quite a while here. <laughs> so, let's kind of sum this up. Let's start with back with the PowerShell piece that I mentioned before. And yes, PowerShell is super, 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 super important. Every systems administrator needs to learn it, needs to understand it, and I really think they need to hone their skills with it in order to, to progress as a systems administrator. They really need to work hard with PowerShell, understand writing scripts, understand how it interacts and works with different Microsoft and non-Microsoft applications and operating systems. And it's just, again, super, super important. So don't let me understress how important PowerShell is. Should you learn to program as part of your systems administrator training? Again, really going to depend on how you want your career to progress. I think understanding development and programming, that kind of stuff, I think that gives you a leg up. I think it'll give every systems administrator a leg up against other ones who have steered completely away. Now, again, I enjoy it. If you completely and utterly despise developing or writing scripts or that kind of thing, then you know what? You don't have to use it. It's not something I've ever really found other than PowerShell and PowerShell scripts. I've never found a job that was requiring a true systems administrator. There are always these caveats, but a true systems administrator to understand and know and write C-sharp code or even to some degree Python code. Python, again, like PowerShell, is a little more geared towards systems administrator, but... Like I said, it's it's I've I've seen very few jobs that actually require Python. Many many systems administrator jobs, almost all of the really good ones you want, are going to require PowerShell. But like I said, understanding development environments, understanding IDEs, understanding development in general, understanding the difference between classes and methods, understanding how to write clean code and read clean code will really give you a leg up on becoming a great, not just a good, but a great systems administrator. If you enjoy this podcast and want some other great information about being a systems administrator, then head on over to thesysadminschool.com where I give you as much information as I can about becoming a sysadmin. If you would like to also play around with some of the technology that I talk about, 
then you may be interested in my ebook showing you how to build your own lab environment for less than $400. You can get that ebook at $400lab.com. That's 400, the word dollar, lab.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a great day.